Well, good evening, and let me take this opportunity to welcome you to our midweek Bible study here at the Sweetwater Baptist Church. Thank you so much for being so faithful to these Wednesday night studies and prayer time. We are grateful that you have chosen to take part of your day and to spend time with us here at Sweetwater we are grateful that you are a part of our service uh, this evening. I want to begin by starting out with a word of prayer, so let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, tonight we rejoice at the opportunity to be together as the family of God. And Father, this evening as we study together your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be our guide and our teacher I pray, O oh God, that something I say, I pray that it would be a blessing to those who are listening, put into my mind the thoughts that I am to have, into my mouth the words that I am to speak. And God, I pray that uh, this message would be an encouragement and an inspiration to all of us tonight as we think about the subject of prayer. So bless us now, we ask, and we make this prayer in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. I want to invite you this evening to take your Bibles and to turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 33 tonight. We're, going, we're only going to look at one verse, and that is verse 3. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Now as you're turning, I want to say a word about your next letter, Sweetwater family, that you're going to receive in the mail. I am so excited to announce to you that we have plans to uh, begin worship again. I'm not going to tell you the date quite yet, but you will be receiving in the mail all of the details related to how we will resume our worship services uh, it will be a phased approach, and in phase one, all we will be doing is worship services and not Sunday school and small groups. That'll be in phase two of our plan, but I'm excited that it's going to be sooner than later, and I can't wait for the day when we open back up the doors of the Sweetwater Baptist Church and allow people to come and to be a part of our worship services as we gather together as the church at Sweetwater. So be much in the lookout next week for your mail uh, because in that letter that I'm going to be sending you, it will have all of those details related to uh, the uh, reopening of our church. Also, tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer. It is a day set aside for our nation to pray for our country, for our world, for our church, and our community. And uh, so Thursday, May the 7th, being the National Day of Prayer, uh, I want to encourage you to set aside time in your daily schedule tomorrow to be about the business of prayer. Now, if you're a part of the Sweetwater Baptist Church, uh, this week on Tuesday, we mailed out a prayer guide to you to utilize on the National Day of Prayer. 
if for some reason, because we're dependent upon the United States Postal Service and sometimes there can be delays in uh, receiving your snail mail, so if for some reason you do not receive your snail mail, your letter with that prayer guide in it, you can go to our website and our website is sweetwaterbc.church. Again, that is sweetwaterbc.church, and you can download this prayer guide and utilize it in your prayer time for the National Day of Prayer. So let me encourage you to pray tomorrow uh, and observe this very special day. If we ever prayed. It needs to be tomorrow for the National Day of Prayer in light of the global pandemic of the COVID-19. Uh, also, Sweetwater, I encourage you to be much in prayer about the reopening of our church and the resuming of our worship services and to pray for your deacons and your staff and your church leadership that God would direct and guide us in this process. But now tonight, I want us to turn our attention to a very familiar verse of Scripture, and I want to preach this verse in conjunction with the National Day of Prayer being tomorrow, and it's Jeremiah 33.3. And here's what the Bible says. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I brought something with me this evening that you will recognize immediately. I brought a key with me. Now we're all familiar with keys. Keys unlock doors. Keys, for example, a key will unlock the front door of your home. A key will give you access into your automobile. A key will unlock a locked closet in your home or even unlock a padlock that maybe you have on a gate or a toolbox or uh, some other secured area. So keys are important because they unlock doors. Well, tonight we have a key, a key that unlocks the door of heaven. And a lot of times we don't think about prayer being a key, but that is exactly what it is. Prayer is a key, and prayer is the key to heaven. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a great British pastor. He was actually a physician as well, and pastored for many years at the Westminster Cathedral uh, in London. And he has a wonderful quote about prayer. He says, man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. And that is exactly what prayer is. It is coming face to face with God. So tonight I want to talk about the key of prayer. And it's found right here in Jeremiah 33.3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. There are three things tonight in this verse of Scripture that I want to call to your attention. So I want to write these up on the board this evening, and 
Uh, let me encourage you to write them down as we think about prayer and the key of prayer. The first thing I want to talk about is the act of prayer. The act of prayer. Now, in verse, 30, uh, verse 3 of chapter 33, the very first word there is the word call. Call unto me. Now we find that word call throughout the Bible. For example, in Psalm 145 and verse 18. Let me write this up as a reference. Psalm 145 verse 18. Listen to these words. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. Now there are many words for prayer. The word supplication, uh, the word cry, uh, the word intercession. But often in scripture, the word call is used to distinguish crying out to God and getting in touch with God. Now, most people have a cell phone. And by the use of that cell phone, they can call someone, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe someone that uh, they need to uh, conduct business with. And so they dial that number and they call them and they're able to get in touch with them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, God has a telephone number. I don't know if you know that or not, but he does. And that telephone number is P-R-A-Y, pray. And if you're willing to pray and call out to God, then God is willing for you to receive all that he has for you. You know, the beautiful thing about our God, there's never a busy signal. Uh, there's never uh, a delay in him getting uh, the line open for you. It's always available. And tonight, you're that important to God that God wants to give to you his number. Now, oftentimes, we think about getting in touch with someone, but maybe we don't have their number. And so we can't call them because it takes a specific phone number in order to dial that individual and get in touch with them. Well, you've got God's telephone number. And that telephone number is called prayer. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 50 and verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. What a great verse, especially for this season that we are in of the coronavirus pandemic. It says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Listen to these words. Prayer is the soul's sincere desire. Unnurtured or expressed, the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the breast. Prayer is the burden of a sigh, the falling of a tear, the upward glancing of an eye when nothing but God is near. And tonight, even in the midst of ununtered prayer, 
unexpressed prayer that only can come from our hearts and not our lips. God hears those. We can get in touch with God and He is there for us to cry out to and to call. You know, a lot of times I'll say something like this. You know, I need to call that person. Or many times they'll come to my mind and yet I'm, I'm in the middle of something else and, and uh, then I forget to call them. Well, don't forget to call God. Don't forget to get in touch with God because God is eager to hear from you. Just like that said a moment ago, prayer is the soul's sincere desire, unuttered or expressed, the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the breast. So get in touch with God. Give Him a call tonight. Give Him a call tomorrow during the national day of prayer and get in touch with Him. So number one, there is the act of prayer. But now there's a second thing I want to call out to your attention tonight. Not only the act of prayer, but I want you to notice with me the answer to prayer. The answer to prayer. Now what does it say in Jeremiah 33:3? Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 and 8 shared with us this. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. The Bible tells us in the book of James, you have not because you ask not. The Bible tells us that if we're willing to call God by using that number we have of P-R-A-Y, if we will call Him, He will answer. Have you ever tried to get in touch with someone and maybe you tried several times and you felt like they were ignoring your call? Maybe you called an office and, and you got the runaround and they said, well, uh, he's not in right now, or she's not in right now, or they're tied up in a meeting and uh, you give them your number and you expect a call back and you never get a call back. Well, I want to tell you something this evening. You are so important to God that you're always going to get an answer from Him. God is always going to answer your prayers as a child of God. Now, it may not be the answer of what you're expecting. Sometimes we ask God for something and it's not in our best interest. Sometimes we ask God for something and immediately we get it. And, and so, just to mention how God answers our prayers, uh, let me just write four ways that God answers our prayers. Prayers, I'm going to use a different color just to distinguish uh, from what we're talking about tonight as far as the main points. But how does God answer our prayers? Well, 
Sometimes God answers directly. Sometimes you'll pray about something and immediately, directly, you get an answer. God hears that prayer, he answers the prayer, and you know it was a, an answer to a specific prayer that you prayed. So sometimes God answers directly. Sometimes when we pray, God answers with a delay. And the timing's not right. It's not the right time in your life, or maybe there's circumstances in your family or where you work, or maybe God uh, in his sovereignty knows that there's going to be a better season in your life uh, to experience what you are praying about. So sometimes God answers with a delay. Sometimes God answers with a denial. You pray about something and he says no. No. Sometimes as a parent or a grandparent, we have to do that, do we not, with our children, our grandchildren. And, and maybe they ask for something and we say no. Uh, that, that's not going to happen. You don't need that. I want to teach you for just a moment a very valuable truth in the Word of God. God's no's are just as good as his yeses. Now let me say that again. God's no's are just as good as his yeses. Do you know why? Because God loves you. You are a child of God. You belong to him. He knows what is best. Many years ago, there was a television show called Father Knows Best. And ladies and gentlemen, God knows best. Our Father knows best. And when you cry out to him and call him, and if he were to say no concerning a specific prayer, then it's going to be okay. Don't get bitter. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. Because God has something better for you. So God may answer your prayer directly. He may answer it with a delay. He may answer it with a denial. Or he may answer it differently. Differently. You may ask for one thing, and God will give you something totally different in your life. You may pray about a certain purchase you're going to make. Uh, maybe an automobile, maybe a home. And yet it falls through and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're disappointed. But then later, in the will of God, He answers your prayer, but just differently. And you are so much better off because He always knows best. But now when we think about the fact that God always answers prayer, uh, first of all, that should give us a lot of comfort. It should give us comfort in knowing that I am that important to God. He's going to hear my prayer, and he's going to answer that prayer in some way. And so just like as a, an adult that we would listen to a child, 
We're going to listen to them. We're going to hear them out. But in the end, we're going to use wisdom and answer that prayer accordingly, that request that they have. And so tonight, there is the act of prayer, getting in touch with God, calling out to Him. There is the answer to prayer that somehow, some way, we are going to get an answer from God. Let me read this little poem before I go to the third point tonight. and It's entitled, His Answers to Prayer. Listen to these words. The Lord always hears our prayers, but He does not always say yes. Sometimes He says wait. Sometimes he says no, for he has something better for us. God's delays are not denials. He has heard your prayer. He knows all about your trials and knows your every care. God's delays are not denials. Help is on the way. He is watching o'er life's dials bring forth that day. God's delays are not denials. You will find him true, working though or working through the darkest trials, what is best for you. Well, there's a third and a final thing I want to say about this key to prayer. So there is the act of prayer, there is the answer to prayer, and now number three and finally. I want to talk for a moment about the authority of prayer. The authority of prayer. Now I want you to notice the last part of verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee, here it is, great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He's talking about the authority of prayer. Now I want to remind you of something tonight as we prepare our, our hearts for tomorrow, the National Day of Prayer. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And we so underestimate it. Alfred Lord Tennyson uh, used to be, many years ago, the poet laureate of England. He wrote many wonderful poems and was a great British writer. And he made this statement about prayer. More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. There are so many times we've prayed and maybe we've gone through the ritual of it or the routine of it and we don't really think a lot is happening, but something is always happening. There is authority and power when God's people pray. Now I want to remind you of a verse in the New Testament. We're in the Old Testament, but a New Testament verse that is very similar to what we're talking about tonight concerning the authority of prayer, and it's Ephesians 3.20. And listen to what Paul says there. Now unto him that is able to do great, uh, excuse me, let me start over. 
Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Paul reminds us of the great power of prayer, the great authority of prayer. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is in us. Prayer is powerful. There is authority in prayer. Why? Because you're unlocking heaven. You're unlocking heaven with a key, the key of prayer. And we're reminded that this is best illustrated in salvation. When a lost sinner bows their heads and in prayer says, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, wash me in the blood, write my name in the Lamb's book of, of life, and when they are transformed from darkness into life, and when they're converted, they are saved. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that a great miracle happens. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Do you know what prayer does? It results in miracles. Miracles are only things that God can do. Only God can perform a miracle. I can't perform a miracle. You can't perform a miracle. God can, though. And tonight we're reminded that when we unlock the key of heaven, we're unlocking the miracles of God. Now this is where faith comes in. And Matthew 21 verse 22 says, And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. So we believe that in some form, some fashion, God's going to answer my prayer. If I say to this mountain, be thou removed, as Jesus told his disciples, it'll be done unto us. It can be cast into the sea, but it's according to your faith. Let me give you an example from the Bible of a man who unlocked heaven through prayer and a great miracle took place and revealed his authority. His name is Elijah. And in the New Testament, in fact, I'm going to turn over there to the book of James, James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. In fact, I'm going to write that on the board. James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. I want you to listen to what happens when he prays and unlocks heaven with his key. It says in verse 17 of James 5, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Now I want to stop there for a minute because what it says that he was subject to like passions as we are, what it's saying there is that he was just like us. And sometimes when we read the Bible and we read about people like Abraham and Moses and David and Simon Peter and the Apostle Paul, we tend to make them beyond human beings, almost super saints, 
But folks, I want you to know they were just like us. And the Bible tells us that Elijah was just like us. In fact, one of the great studies of your Bible is to look at his life and he, he was prone to depression and discouragement. You remember, he's the one that went under the juniper tree and he said, Lord, I pray you'll just kill me because Jezebel had said that she was going to kill him. And he got so discouraged about that, he ran, he fled from her. This is the same man. And the Bible says that Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly. He got God on the phone. He called his number, and he prayed that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Now folks, in order to stop rain and to control the weather, you've got to have a heavenly authority. And that authority came to him through prayer. Verse 18, And he prayed again, And the heaven gave forth rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Controlling the weather, controlling the rain, controlling nature is an act of authority. It is a miracle of God. And Elijah the prophet was able to open up the windows of heaven through the key of prayer. So tonight, when we talk about the key to heaven, God's phone number, it is P-R-A-Y. Pray. There is the act of prayer, calling out to God. There is the answer to prayer. And there is the authority of prayer. I hope that tomorrow, the National Day of Prayer, that you will utilize that prayer guide in praying for your country, your world, your church, your family, your own spiritual condition, praying about the COVID-19 pandemic, asking for God's intervention, I hope that you won't take prayer lightly, that you'll take it seriously, that you'll get in touch with God by calling his number, Jeremiah 33.3, and getting uh, in his presence, spending time with him. I want to close by reading this little poem, God Answers Prayer. I know not by what methods rare, but this I know God answers prayers. I know not that he has, I know that he has given his word, which tells me prayer is always heard and will be answered soon or late. And so I pray and calmly wait. I know not if the blessing salt will come in just the way I thought. But leave my prayers with him alone, whose will is wiser than my own, assured that he will grant my request or send some answer for my blessed. My prayer is that God will bless you and that as you talk to God, that you might unleash the authority of heaven by dialing his number, P-R-A-Y.
Let's bow together for a moment of prayer. Father, thank you for answered prayer. Lord, as a, as a church, we seek your face. As the people of God, we ask for your divine intervention. And I pray, O oh God, we'll hold our key, put it into the lock of heaven, and that, Lord, we would be, uh, that we would be willing to receive the many blessings and miracles that you have for us. Help us to ask. Help us to seek. Help us to knock. And, O oh Father, I pray for forgiveness for when I have been uh, in seasons where I didn't pray as much as I should have. And so God, help us to be people of prayer, seeking the face of God, especially during this time of the global pandemic. Hear the prayers of your people. We pray, God, for healing. We pray for intervention. We pray for forgiveness. And ask, oh God, that you would deliver us as we cry out and call to you. May a great revival occur because of the coronavirus. Now, Father, we commit this evening to you. We commit tomorrow to you, the National Day of Prayer. And we ask that you would hear the many prayers of your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. May God bless you till we meet again. And remember that Jesus loves you, and so do I.